beautiful singing this morning. We've got a good number present today, and we're certainly thankful for that. Uh, I know the weather called for rain this morning, about the time we were to assemble, but that's held off. And I know it's kind of an extended weekend for some folks. We have several who are out of town taking advantage of a couple of days. Some of the kids are out of school, and we're missing about 20 of our college kids today. They're on a retreat, and They'll be back, Lord willing, this afternoon, but we've still got a great number here today. We're thankful that you're here. We're especially grateful to see several in our assembly who are visiting with us this morning. And it's an honor to welcome you to our services here, and uh, we hope that you'll come back and be with us anytime that you have an opportunity. Of course, I hope you'll plan to be back tonight. We have a very special congregational singing that has been planned and organized. Uh, I think we will all benefit and enjoy the worship service this evening. And then, of course, following that service, we're going to have a finger food congregational fellowship. We want to honor our college students as they'll be leaving us for the summer, brother and sister Binkley as well. They'll be leaving us very soon to go back to Ukraine and now, this, these kinds of periods of fellowship, we just don't need to take for granted. And if you've kind of been feeling down and out and a little bit discouraged, if you'll be here tonight, I think you'll feel just a little bit better uh, after you leave. So make your plans to be with us tonight. This morning, I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. I want to read beginning in verse 25. You want to follow along on the screen, that's fine. Or if you want to follow along in the Bible, that's fine as well. Jesus here speaking said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or yet about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? The King James Version says, which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his stature? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow." For tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I want to ask you this morning as we look at this text, have you ever just really stopped to consider? 
You know, I think worry is a common problem for most of us, and I don't think that Jesus would have addressed it with such emphasis as he does here in this passage unless worry was a widespread widespread problem. But you know, the kind of worry that, that Jesus spoke about here was not idle worry, not the kind of worry where, you know, you're paralyzed by your fears. You ever been scared out of your wits, scared to death, that physically can happen. You can literally be paralyzed by your fears. But that's not what the Lord's talking about here. He's talking about active worry, where you feel like that everything depends on your efforts. Everyone is depending solely on you. This is something that I have to do in and of myself not depending on anyone or anybody else. You see, none of us are indispensable. Whether we realize it or not, you know, life will go on without you and without me. And we need to realize that Jesus promised to carry our burdens, not to share our burdens. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Casting All, not some, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now the Lord did not promise to carry needless or senseless burdens like the ones that come with personal ambitions or, you know, our own worldly expectations. Those things that we may worry about or be consumed with because of our own selfish desires. Those things that are temporary in nature. But he will and he wants to carry the burdens that will lighten the load so that we might be able to do his will. You see, we can get all worried and uptight and stressed out about many things. We think about the economy today, and certainly finances can really cause us to stress out and to worry. In fact, financial problems is one of the leading causes of divorce in our country today. You know, how am I going to to pay my bills How am I going to keep my head above water financially? How are we going to to make ends meet? Those things can cause us to worry a great deal, to be uptight. We all are aware that we experience family problems. All families suffer from problems from time to time. It might be a son or a daughter or father or mother. And, you know, some family problems are much more serious than others. We, We are concerned about our children and our grandchildren. And, you know, we worry about this and we worry about that. It consumes our thoughts. Or, Or maybe it's even illness itself. Sickness comes. We become uptight and stressed out about dealing with these things that happen, particularly when that five-letter word comes up that scares us to death, that word cancer. These things can cause a lot of burdens on our heart. And even besides these things, there are those spiritual problems that 
can stress us out. We're concerned about the spiritual welfare of other people. We're concerned about the spiritual welfare of our own family members. But you see, all of our uptightness never solved any problem. In fact, oftentimes it just worsens the problem by disturbing what would otherwise be a sound state of mind that could just pause and call on the Lord for help. But you know, when a Christian worries, what he's doing is revealing a weakness in his faith. When we are consumed by worry, we are revealing a lack of trust and God our Father, and in Jesus Christ our Savior. Because you see, the Lord promised His disciples that there will never be any reason to have prolonged bouts of worry. Now, that doesn't mean that we ought to swing the pendulum in the other direction and live in such a carefree fashion that, you know, we just tempt God to take care of us. You know, certainly we have responsibilities that we have to fulfill, but it does mean that he will carry the load of concern for us if we will allow him. Now, whenever we become anxious about the concerns of life, we need to stop. And we need to reflect on the command of Jesus who said, Do not Worry, but consider. Consider the lilies of the field, as the text says. Now, notice how these words begin in verse 25. They begin with the words, therefore. Therefore I say unto you. That word therefore is therefore a reason. He says, therefore I say unto you, don't worry about your life. And the word therefore means in view of what's been said previously. Well, what's just been said? Well, if you go back to verse 24, God has said, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot be loyal to two different masters. And so Jesus' saying here is, since you can't serve God and mammon, since you can't be loyal to two masters, don't worry about your life. Now that's a very interesting thing that we don't think about sometimes. Life is physical. Life is temporal. Life is fleeting. We know that the things we see round about us are temporal. They will not last. And so what the Lord is saying here is, don't worry about your life. Don't be just so encumbered and focused upon anything that has to do with your life. Literally, the text says, be not busy to your life. And if you were to... Think about your activities and the things that you have to do and 
your to-do list and your priorities. Generally, all those things have to do with life, right? That's where our real focus is most of the time. But the Lord says here, do not worry about your life. Now, that's not just holy advice. That's not just, you know, a holy suggestion. It is a command of the Savior. I think Paul echoed this same idea when he said, be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4 and verse 6, but replace worry instead with prayer and supplication. You remember how Jesus admonished Martha over in Luke chapter 10 and verse 41. He said to her, you are worried. You're troubled about many things. And folks, it's very easy, if we're not careful, for us to become a slave to worry by placing too much emphasis on our list of things to do. You see, sometimes if we're not careful, we get so caught up on our, in our list of things to do. We are so focused on things that are urgent that we neglect the things that are important. Now, notice what I said there. Sometimes we get so focused on things that are urgent that we lose sight of what's really important. You know, we may consider it to be very urgent. We've got work to do. We've got our job to accomplish. But what's really important? Spending time with our children. Focusing on those things that are spiritual in nature. You see, we get so caught up in the urgent that we forget about what's really important. And that is the spiritual part of our lives. And Jesus said in the parable of the sower that this will cause us to become unfruitful servants. Matthew 13 and verse 22. Now I want you to notice here in our text this morning that Jesus used four ordinary ideas to illustrate that it's pointless to get all worked up about our plans. We've got a lot of plans going on. May is a busy month, isn't it? Uh, a lot of our kids are finishing school. We've got finals to take care of. It's kind of a transitional time before the summer, and it just seems like there's always busy times for us now. It's not just a certain time of the year. There's always things that we have to do. We live in a hurry up, rush, rush society. And so Jesus used four ordinary ideas to illustrate that it's pointless just to get all up in a frenzy and worked up about our plans. And he begins here with our main concerns, those that dominate the majority of our time and our attention. He says here in verse 25, don't worry about food, drink, and clothing. Now what Jesus is actually saying here is, is that our real purpose in life is more pressing than our apparent priorities. Now, that's not to negate daily duties, obligations that we have. But many times our, we fail to realize that our real purpose in life is more pressing than these apparent priorities. And since God gave us life, we need to realize that he will sustain us so that we can attend to the true purpose of our lives. And somebody may ask, well, you know, what is 
our true purpose in life. Well, in Matthew 4 and verse 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In Matthew 6 and verse 33, in our text here, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God. That's our purpose here in this life. Our purpose in this life is to bring glory and honor to our God by the way that we live and to realize that, that we don't belong here. That we're just passing through on our way to a better place. And while we're here, we're living for the Lord. That's our focus. That's our top priority. And we're trying to influence as many others as we possibly can to take this journey with us. And if we will give our full attention to God's kingdom, then Jesus says here that we can rest assured that he's going to provide us with all the things that we need because he wants nothing more than for us to fulfill his purpose for our lives. And so you see, worry is not just sitting around with sweaty palms worrying about, you know, what bad thing is going to happen next. You know, worry is not this gloom, despair, and agony on me kind of attitude waiting for the next awful thing to come along. Worry can take on the form of overemphasizing our role while underemphasizing God's power to provide. And then I want you to notice here the second thing the Lord says here. He says, consider the birds. Don't worry. Look at the birds. You know, Jesus reminds us that the birds' only concern is with themselves at the moment. They're only concerned about what's going on right now. You know, the birds cannot store up for tomorrow, and yet life goes on for them as God provides each day for their needs. Now, the Lord is not telling us here not to store up for tomorrow. The Lord is not here telling us that we don't need to plan for our future. Over in Proverbs chapter 6, beginning in verse 6, we're encouraged there to be as wise as the ant. We're not to be a sluggard. We, we need to use good judgment. We need to plan for the future. But what the Lord is saying here is, is that we are not to forsake him in order to accomplish that. We need to always make sure that God is at the top of our priority list. And Jesus says here that God will do for us what he does for the birds, and more so because we are of far greater value than birds, aren't we? We're made in the image of God, Genesis 1 and verse 26. John 3 and verse 16 says, God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only begotten Son... And we have a higher purpose than the birds. And if God is going to take care of the birds who only think about today, how much more then will he not provide for us? 
He will feed you. He will clothe you for that very reason. And God minimized the importance here of things that can cause us to be diverted from doing his will. Those things that will make us worry and to be anxious and disturbed. And then Jesus said, you know, do not worry. Which of you can add one cubit to his stature? The English Standard Version says, which of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? They both basically say the same thing. You know, people today think they can live forever, don't they? You know, we think if we can watch our diet and we can exercise properly and just think about the multi-billion dollar industry out there in our culture with all the vitamins and supplements and the natural ingredients that are made available to us today. You think about all the plastic and cosmetic surgeries that are out there. Somehow, you know, we think By doing certain things, by changing our behavior and our diet, we can live forever. I'm doing something, and I know deep down it doesn't work, and I guess I'm learning the hard way, but I'm learning that I cannot out-exercise my diet. Now, I'm putting forth a good effort. I'm a very good specimen in this regard. I exercise diligently and very faithfully, Every week, and I'm trying to out-exercise my diet. Sometimes I think it's working, but then it catches up with me later on. You know, I used to like to exercise and work out because I I like to compete. Maybe I used to play basketball or whatever. Now my only goal in exercise is to maybe hopefully live a little bit longer, you know, and gain a few more years here in this life. But you see, we need to understand that, that we're not going to live forever. And no amount of worry, no amount of concern is going to change certain things. You know, God told the Israelites over in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18 that it was He who gave them the power to get wealth. That is, he gave them the power, he gave them the health, he gave them the opportunity to get wealth. And so we need to acknowledge that it's God who gives us the power to get health. But certainly I think all of us would agree that worry will shorten your life. You know, stress, worry, it's a proven scientific fact that that will shorten your life. Anxiety will put a terrible strain on one's physical as well as mental well-being. Worry can literally make people physically sick and mentally impaired. Worry can even cause premature death, especially as bad habits are developed as people try to cope with their worries. So what Jesus is saying here in verse 27 is that we simply cannot alter many circumstances in life. There's a lot of things that we simply cannot do anything about. No amount of worry, no amount of concern is going to make me grow another six inches. It's just not going to happen. There's some things that cannot be altered. And when it comes to those things that cannot be changed, instead of worrying about it, 
We should serve God's purposes and prepare for eternity. I can't help but think about Paul and how he begged God to please take away this thorn in the flesh. He asked God three different times. There's some things that weren't going to be changed. And finally, Paul realized that even in those weaknesses, he could become strong. Paul just forgot about those things that he had no control over and he resolved to to give God the glory and to put God first in his life. And if we will make God's will the emphatic duty and concern and focus of our lives, then the Bible says he will feed and clothe us, he will carry our burdens so that we, rather than worry, can concern ourselves with the next act of service that we can provide for his kingdom. Then I want you to notice as we come to a close here that we ought not worry, but instead we ought to consider the lilies of the field. Verses 28 through 30. It's very interesting here to think about the lilies that Jesus spoke about. You know, the lilies grew wild in the land where Jesus lived. They grew in the valleys. They grew along the seashore. They grew on the mountainside. And Jesus spoke here in our text of their beauty as being greater than the kingly robes of Solomon. And yet, they did not soil, they did not toil nor spin to achieve that glory. Think about those who had a part in making the kingly robes of King Solomon. Those who had that part had to plant and harvest the flax. Then they had to spin it into thread. It was months of laborious and tedious work to finally make those robes that Solomon wore so beautiful. But not the lilies. They just appeared by God's design to clothe the grass of the field with beauty. Year after year, they came to serve that same purpose with no worry or concern about the circumstances that they might be in. And what a lesson the lilies teach us about the futility of worry and our purpose to glorify God by our obedience. You know, when you stop and think about what Jesus says here about the lilies, I think there's some tremendous lessons that we can learn from the lilies. I think we need to learn from the lilies that we exist for God's purpose, and that is to glorify our Maker. We are here to draw attention, to magnify Him. As the Bible says, we are to adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. We are to make the Word of God more beautiful in the eyes of other people. Remember when Jesus said in this same Sermon on the Mount, how we need to let our light so shine? Why? That others may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so we learn from the lilies that we exist for that purpose, to glorify God. Also, we can learn from the lilies that we serve an all-powerful creator. 
God not only made us, but He has the power to preserve us as long as He wants us on the field of service. And I think we also need to learn that we live by His natural laws, just like the lilies. You know, sometimes life isn't fair, is it? Sometimes it may seem like that we've just not been dealt a fair hand in life. But you see, life is not where the rewards are given, the true rewards. It's only after this life is over. And so just like the lilies, we have to do the best we can in whatever circumstance we may find ourselves. God's natural laws are those things we must live by. And some seed will spring into great beauty. And they'll fade away just as quickly. Some seed may take a long time to germinate, but it will produce a plant that will live for ages. Some seed may be damaged by its environment and never produce a plant. Some seed will produce a plant of purpose and pleasure, but its future, just like ours, is uncertain. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. All we can do right now is glorify God in whatever circumstance we may find ourselves in. We can also learn from the lilies that we trust God with our lives. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows everything in between. And he will use us in the most effective manner possible to bring glory to his name and save us in the end if we will make his purpose our priority. That's the key. But as I close today, I just want to quickly look at a formula for victory over worry without any comments really whatsoever. Philippians chapter 4, Paul relates several lessons that I wish we had time to look at that will help us to overcome worry. For example, verse 19, God will supply all our needs. We look at verses 11 through 13 and we learn there that God will help us in every situation in life. No matter what comes our way to do his will. And we can also learn in verses 6 and 7 that our peace of mind doesn't come as a result of being able to control everything ourselves. But rather trusting in God to do what's best. You know, that rich man in Luke chapter 12 didn't learn these lessons at all. And he was called into account before God because he was unprepared. Jesus says, don't worry, but consider. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. God provides for all these things. Will he not much more provide for you? May we be strong in faith, realizing that it's God's desire that we live with him forever and eternity. And may we have such faith and trust in God 
that he will do what he says, that we will be motivated as we leave this building today and go about our daily affairs, that we will make sure that our focus remains where it needs to be. And that is glorifying God, building up his church, bringing others to Christ as they see us living for him. We sing the song of encouragement this morning. If you're not a Christian, we want you to be one. We want you to know what it means to have salvation. And today, if your faith is strong enough that you're willing to change your life and repent and acknowledge Jesus as God's Son, you can be baptized today for the forgiveness of all your past sins. Or if it be today that maybe you become sidetracked, maybe you become fretful and worried about many things and you've lost your focus, maybe you need to come this morning and change your life as well. The invitation is yours. If you're subject to it, we ask that you come now while we stand.